Today on The Topping Show, Modelo is the best-selling brand now for two months in a row. Mike Pence says American cities are, quote, not his concern, unquote. Disney CEO says they need to make far less Star Wars and less Marvel films. MSNBC says exercise is far right. Ford slashes EV prices by about $10,000, while Tesla's first Cybertruck finally leaves the factory. Tesla also has a new Reacher accessory for the UK market. Twitter ad revenue is down about 50% since Elon taking over. And Canada recalls about six energy drinks. All of that and much more on The Topping Show. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. Today's episode of Topping Show is sponsored by Topping Technologies. Topping Technologies is an IT value-added reseller services company with a special proficiency in IT security. Heck, see their founder at least twice a day. Gotta say he's quite handsome and brilliant. He's me. That, that's a joke. If you're an IT leader or business owner need a little assistance, you can reach the team at sales at toppingtechnologies.com. Now, going on to the business part of the podcast, you have Twitter ad revenue down about 50% since Elon Musk took over a little bit over a year ago. Now, last Saturday, Elon revealed this, and he actually also admitted that the company still has a negative cash flow, which, again, he's one of the richest men on the planet. However, he's not exactly cash rich. Most of his value really is in stocks. And if he were to go out and he were to sell all of his Tesla stock tomorrow, the company would essentially just collapse because he'd be flooding the market with all those shares. And you'd also not be as invested in the company's success. And whether people like to admit it or not, Tesla is highly correlated to Elon Musk. If if he gets hit by a bus or, ironically, a gas-powered vehicle or something, or the aliens or something, whatever his, uh, or AI, probably most ironic because he's been warning us about that all along. But that's going to have a huge dent in the company. They built out some fantastic, absolutely fantastic engineering resources, and they're really coming along. But the public perception and his, his active involvement really drive the value of the company. Now, that being said, Twitter's still bleeding money. It's debatable how much of his cash could put, he could put into it. He also had some a little bit of assistance financing the purchase. And he also admitted they have a heavy, a quote unquote, heavy debt load. So it'll be interesting to see how is he going to continue to turn that company around? He slashed about 5,000 layers of fat, also known as former employees. And interestingly enough, I would argue they are mostly activists because from a consumer perspective, the interaction with our, or at least my experience, anecdotally speaking, with using Twitter is about the same or better in terms of the quality of experience before Elon purchased the product. So it'll be interesting to see. They are trying some new revolutionary ideas. They're going to start paying creators on Twitter. That will, in, in it of itself, is going to drive a lot of content, which is, in theory, also going to drive a lot more eyeballs on the actual app and perhaps chisel away at the dominance of video platforming, which is YouTube. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But, yeah, as much as all the companies are slowly coming back to Twitter, industry-wide, ad revenue is down everywhere. Even YouTube, usually on average, is year-over-year 2% decrease in ad revenue, which is concerning for creators as well as the company because... That's where they get most of their capital or most of their profit from it after they bled money for decades to build it up. It'll be interesting to see what Twitter does to try to maybe turn that around. Now, other fun businesses, you have Tesla, including The Reacher. Now, Tesla is giving customers in the UK a foldable Reacher stick 
because Tesla canceled the production of right-hand drive variants of the Model S and Model X in the UK and other countries, thereby exporting American values of driving on the correct side of the vehicle, and hopefully someday we'll convert them to driving on the correct side of the road, the right side of the road. Time shows all to see how much our influence can expand. Now, in reality, they also did it to dramatically decrease the cost of production and complexity since traditionally, depending on where your vehicle is going to export, you actually have to have a whole new dashboard and you actually switch the location of the wheel. So in other countries, you have the wheel on the left side of the vehicle. I know, crazy enough, the only appropriate place to have that wheel is on the right side or, debatably, in the McLaren F1, you have the wheel in the middle, which, admittedly, is probably the best car of all time. Also came with three pedals, as the best cars always do. Also known as a stick shift, and I can't employ you enough, go out and have some fun, drive one of those vehicles, you'll never go back, it's worth the experience. But I digress, when it comes to the specific Tesla instance, because they're in a country where their whole ecosystem is set up for the wrong side of the vehicle, in order to like access a building, like if you have an identification badge or an RFID badge, which most secure companies should have, you're gonna use your badge and click it on a little panel and it'll green light you to open a gate, for example. So because those little readers are all on the one side of the road, the wrong side of the road, Tesla's giving you a little reacher that is really one of those things where you go to the park, you see the old timers, they stick with their little arm at the end and you pick stuff up and you throw it away. So you have that and you reach your badge over there. A hilariously economical way to solve that problem. And of course, it'll be a collector item because it's a Tesla product. So pretty much anything Tesla does or Elon touches becomes a collectible, including a burnt hair perfume or cologne for men. Yes, Elon Musk raised money successfully for the boring company by selling the idea of having a burnt hair cologne. And it sold out, I think within hours? Never underestimate Elon's ability to raise money in creative ways with products. Now, it'll be interesting to see how much those little reachers go on the internet for Tesla fans. Man, time shall tell. Now, other interesting business news, you have Tesla's very first Cybertruck finally leaving the factory in the great country of Texas. No, I didn't misspeak. It is a great country. One of my favorite quotes is, before your state was a state, it was just land. Before my state was a state, it was a country. Fun history lesson for, I know we have all-time low history scores in the United States public schools. Some could say I'm doing good right now. Now, this is after years of debate, the Cybertruck finally rolled off the assembly line in Austin, Texas, which some might argue is not really Texas. That's a controversy among Texans in and of itself. A debate for another time, perhaps. Now, they originally revealed this concept vehicle in 2019, but they had obviously multiple multiple and multiple delays and wall street is currently projecting them to deploy or rather i speak in it terms because i own an it company deploying technology is usually the term we use for setting up new tech and what have you in this case they're going to be producing about wall street estimates 10,000 cyber trucks in this year and they actually estimate in 2024 they'll get that number up to 100,000. now it'll be interesting to see tesla they're no longer the first when it comes to this electric trucks. I believe the very first was the Rivian, which was is another competitive startup. Someday might be profitable, time shall tell. The Amazon contract is keeping them afloat, personally, that's why I think. But it's one of those instances where Rivian, I think, hit the market first. So there's a lot of hype around that. A lot of people bought it just because it was the very first. And you have Ford with their little bastardized F-150 EV Lightning, which the very first one, I say bastardized because it wasn't designed from the ground up. They basically just swapped the powertrain to make it an EV, which worked. Can't really tow anything, but who needs to tow in a truck? 
That's sarcasm, folks. That's sarcasm. That's the point of a truck. Now, getting back to actual Cybertruck, it'll be interesting to see how many, how many are actually produced and will it suffer from the Osborne effect, which is a fascinating business effect. It was a couple decades ago. There's a company by the name of Osborne Computing and he came out with a computer and they started to sell it, I believe within a couple days it was selling, but they within a couple days of them starting to sell it, they announced a new model, thereby nuking the sales of the very first iteration of the product and therefore destroying the company. Pejoratively, it is known as the Osborne effect. Now Tesla, they don't have a new, it's not obviously an apples to apples comparison, they don't have a new Cybertruck yet, but how many people who want an EV truck already bought one from a competitor? And the design is controversial in and of itself. I'm sure they actually, they'll gain some sales just because of the design. They'll also might perhaps lose a couple of sales because it's of the aggressive design as well. So it'll be interesting to see that it continues to be a great effect on the Texas economy. And eh, I think the, the competitors are starting to wake up because once Tesla gets up and running, they got those gigapresses and those giant factories. They start popping them out pretty quick. Now, other interesting, somewhat correlated business news, you have Ford cutting the price of their EV trucks by about $10,000. Yeah, $10,000. Ford EV, they're, they're kind of in trouble. They, uh, their lots are getting full. Now, the company claimed that this is due to more, lower mineral cost and increased production, which means that the entry-level trim for the Ford F-150 EV Lightning that's going to get the whole 10,000 price cut. So now it's going down to 50K. Still a lot to me. Now, the top trend line, the F-150 Lightning Platinum, that's going to get a $6,000 cut. So that's only a mere $92,000. Of course, you have to pay sales tax on top of that, which usually 8.25%. It's a good average on that. They have to pay title and all that kind of stuff. And again, that's if you can get that vehicle at MSRP, which is the manufacturer's suggested retail price, which is the biggest disruption right now in the whole automotive community is what's the future of these dealerships? These dealerships, not to sound pejoratively, but they're not tech companies. And increasingly the automotive vehicles are becoming pieces of a technology. It's one of those instances where you probably wouldn't take your computer to be repaired at a Walmart. Walmart's a great store. They have groceries, they have computers there, but when it comes to the diagnosis of it, especially for you know enterprise grade or someone who uses it as a primary business purpose, you're gonna find a different provider that has those professional services on hand. So that's another interesting thing where, how those dealers are gonna affect this. So subsequently, I think some moron paid $258,000 for F-150 Lightning because the dealership slapped on a 100K market adjustment price, which I, I almost can't fault the dealership because if someone is dumb enough to pay a quarter million dollars for a disposable truck, it blows my mind just people are willing to do that and part of me thinks they're probably i debate if it's really the reasons they're dropping price that they claim is that the mineral costs increased production they just took out i believe it was a nine or ten billion dollar loan uh, or trillion it is a quite a large blow, uh, loan from the government to build three different battery production plants so with the current production they have now i don't think it'd be decreasing the cost because you need a lot of scale to do that and also the mineral cost, that's that's a joke. Talk to anyone in manufacturing. Those cost of minerals are only going up partially because they go they come from countries that don't like us. And that's a whole 
political topic in and of itself is our global trade agreements or, or, lack, or lack of any global acumen, to be frank, from our political leaders. And it'll be interesting to see, is that are they just going to cut the price to try to compete with Tesla? Time shall tell, but it'll be interesting. Now, going on to the culture part of the podcast, you have MSNBC suggesting that being healthy and in shape is, quote, far right, unquote. Now, MSC, MSNBC specifically tweeted, quote, the far right's obsession with fitness is going viral. And thankfully, you have some people with more than three brain cells, which obviously those people don't work at MSNBC, but everyone with common sense is calling this out as BS. So even Elon Musk, you have Joe Rogan calling him out. Joe Rogan specifically said, quote, being healthy is, quote, far right, only F. Because obviously that's ridiculous. To even suggest, and perhaps it is part of a, goal, a larger theme of just they want to label conservatives or people in the middle or the right, people that actually want to take responsibility for their health and their bodies. I don't know what their overall message is, but MSNBC is maybe good marketing and getting us to talk about them when usually they're just a very left-leaning political outlet that I search, I browse their website a couple times a week just to see what they're saying, but you kind of know what you're getting there. And it'll be interesting to see, do more and more people push back? Because America used to be a very fit country, both mentally and physically. Subsequently, no, not, not, not so much. The U.S. has one of the highest obesity rates in the U.S. You have all-time low history, math scores, science scores. The schools are utterly failing in pretty much every conceivable metric. And granted, uh, of course, you have a couple good teachers. But overall, the test scores don't lie. And if you ever want to lose a little faith in humanity, you can watch the little interviews where a guy goes to a college campus and they interview college students on those basic things about the U.S. history or just economics. And there'll be a, you, you quickly start to question why, oh, good God, why are we financing all these terrible, 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 terrible degrees that are worthless? And hopefully some people start to wake up and actually do something about it. We'll see. Other interesting cultural news, you have Disney CEO Bob Iger wanting to decrease there's Star Wars and Marvel production. Now, this is an interview that he was giving via CNBC, and he admitted that the company is losing a lot of money on these box office bombs, and they're trying to decrease their production costs, and he knows that the overall cost of these movies just keep getting out of hand. They're going up and up and up, which, of course, and these movies, the perfect example of why you do not need writers or actors, these movies are just a copy-paste Pretty much every Disney movie is for sure. But even think of Transformers movies. Big cars, big explosions, go boom. Yep, that, that, that's about right. That, that, that seems on brand. I just wrote 10 more Transformers movies. All these movies. You got James Bond. A little bit more colloquial or a little more thoughts perhaps, but cool, suave British guy. Drives an Aston Martin. Gets with the girl. Kills the bad guy. Happy ending. That's... Pretty much copy-paste at this point. Fast and Furious. Big cars, lack of logic, lack of plot. That really is just a copy-paste. And you have Vin Diesel just say, say family a couple times. I just wrote the next three Fast and Furious movies without even trying. A lot of these movies are just a copy-paste to begin with. So Bob Iger is correct. This strike that the actors, actresses, as well as the Writers Guild are on it's not going to end well because they don't have much leverage, to be frank. You have way better writers using a combination of freelancers as well as AIs. It gets better and better and better. And 
long gone are the days where you have these really it used to be an exclusivity contract where you have like Clark Gable or Cary Grant where they'd actually sign on with a specific movie studio and they put out these blockbusters and people would see the movies just because of that person. Celebrities are also much more rare back in the day. Now we know everything about celebrities. There's not really much mystery about them. Mostly what we find out is utterly disgust and illogical and just kind of loses a little faith in humanity. So Hollywood's lost a lot of his glitz and glamour and he's right. You need to stop milking those intellectual properties for all they're worth. Star Wars, they've made so many of those garbage movies. And I always say, a good rule of thumb, it has to have Harrison Ford. That's firstly, if you want to see a good Star Wars movie. Unfortunately, the newer ones, even when they included him, were mediocre at best. But it's one of those things where there's very little creativity in those movies. They, and they just do the same thing again and again and again. See what... Same with Marvel. That's the definition of a copy-paste, Control-V. Superheroes come together. Bad guy comes, big explosions. No one ever dies. They come, it's no consequences. And for a while, fans were dumb enough, I mean, loyal enough to just watch anything. Because presumably they have a lot of disposable income and no fruitful idea of how to use the money better. Like investing in literally anything. But for a while, that business model worked. Now... The market has become so saturated with all those movies from Marvel and Star Wars in particular, the fans, I think, are finally fed up with it. Also, injecting politics into entertainment material is usually not a prudent business decision unless you are a political outlet. That makes a little bit more sense, but it just completely diluted the brand. So now it's almost as if I expect to see a Marvel at a dollar store. That's how much those movies would be worth to me personally. If I had to watch one, even a dollar would be too much because you'd stream, like, they even have free movies on YouTube with ads. I take that back. The Marvel Marvel movies are worth less than a dollar. I would not buy a Marvel movie if I saw it in the dollar bin at the dollar store. Which, unfortunately, you have to specify because those stores now sell things for, you know, $1, $3, Inflation is ridiculous. But this is also part of Bob Iger's big plan. He wants to try to decrease costs and cut costs by $5.5 billion dollars. And there's a lot of fat to trim at Disney. And it'll be interesting to see if he makes the right political moves, both in terms of the company, because you have certain ideologies and certain people who I would argue are much more on the side of activism than actually producing content with the intent of having the widest audience. It'll be interesting how he navigates both the internal challenges and the external challenges as he tries to bring up the nosedive that is the Disney stock and the Disney company. So we shall see. Other interesting culture news, you have Modelo is the best-selling beer in the United States for the second month in a row. All thanks to the brilliant, brilliant marketing from the very proudly self-described first female VP of marketing, Alyssa Heiserschild. Over at Anheuser-Busch, Anheuser-Busch, which is also particularly for the brand that everyone knows about, is Bud Light, which had their brilliant marketing decision April 1st, not a joke, with Dil Mulvaney, a trans activist who may question the authenticity since Dylan never got the surgeries or the drugs and also made pejorative videos many would say mocking women like saying on this day of celebrating womanhood Dylan would run it in the forest dressed in high heels which I did research my family members my parent my mom didn't do that my sister didn't do that I was utterly shocked that really never happens at all except for in I guess that viral video they want to make now all Neil Dill had to do, frankly, is just say nothing 
and they are doing great at that because they're not playing politics. They're just making a product made for everyone. Now, there's a lot of controversy, a lot of misinformation around the ownership of Modelo. Modelo, again, in the United States, it is owned by a separate entity known as Constellation Brands. When Anheuser-Busch wanted to merge with Belgium-based InBev, the United States Security Exchange Commission, known as the SEC, said that as a condition of the merger, they'd have to spin off the U.S. entity of Modelo. So if you're buying Modelo in the United States, you are successfully working the boycott and not purchasing an Anheuser-Busch InBev product. If you're in another state, or I would say another state, but if you're in another country, then it is part of the Anheuser-Busch parent brand and you are in fact supporting that company. Depending on how you fall on the boycott, what your ideals are, may or may not make sense on what your decisions you're making. So now that you have all that decision, all, or now that you have all that information, it's interesting to note that for 20 years, Bud Light was the number one beer in the United States. And all it took was that one marketing blunder to shoot themselves in the foot. Perhaps more appropriately, shoot themselves in the foot with a 50 caliber Barrett, Barrett rifle, which would be awkward, but it would basically blow your foot off or disintegrate it. Perhaps the most apt metaphor for the situation. Now, CNN Business actually reported that during the during the four weeks ending in July 1st, well, they'll capture the U.S. market share of 8.7% among all the hundreds of brands. Throughout the same time, Bud Light faltered to 7%. Now, per the report, Bud Light's pre-independent sales were down 28.5% this year when compared to the same period last same time period last year. That is a unprecedented level of what's the nice way of saying loser. Unprecedented level of business blunder. They are certainly on track to win the business blunder of the year award. Let me know in the comments if you want to do some type of cliche award. Maybe we actually mail it to Brandon Whitworth, the former CIA operative who is the CEO of Anderson Bush, who's abdicated all responsibility. And he's doing the job of a politician. He's not saying anything, but he's also, to the people that supported the brand for the longest time, he's not authentic to them anymore. And he's not appealing to their core audience. So unless he's going to be CEO for 50 years and he's going to, and here's mine, successfully get that new capture market share, we'll see if the shareholders or the board directors have the appetite for that long-term idea, if that is his idea secretly but yeah once again culturally speaking the boycott just seems to be gaining steam day after day and every time i think maybe people will let up it's it hasn't and we're still waiting on the data because of course you have the little bit of a delay since you know you have anderson bush and Beck, you have distribution you have the stores you have the bars it's a little bit of delay of the data when consumers are actually purchasing the product and it'll be fascinating to see what the july 4th news come out in terms of what was their sales for that holiday that is going to be some very interesting business news i suspect it will be not so great now going on to the political part of the podcast you have mike pence saying american cities are quote not his concern unquote which yeah that's i don't know where he's thinking he's pretending to run to go become president but considering he's republican and he's trying to appeal to people who are more middle America, patriot, more patriotic, more, you know, caring about what happens in our backyard versus a country across the globe no one knew about 12 minutes ago. Probably not a prudent thing to say. Now, he's the presidential nominee, he's actually the former vice president under Donald Trump. Uh, he pissed off a lot of Republicans for, frankly, being a two-faced charlatan because he wrote a book, of course, that made Trump look bad. And he also... It's a nice way of saying, uh, like a drone, not a drone. I'm trying to think of a nice way of describing selling out. He went on to CNN, which 
In terms of politics, it's kind of the antithesis of the Republican Party. CNN is, is the most biased news outlets you can possibly think of. Even more annoying and charlatan and two-faced when you realize they pretend to be not. They actually pretend to be fair and equal, or no, is that Fox? Many of them you can't trust as far as you can throw them. And you know, considering this is the United States, they're probably obese. It'd probably be a difficult thing to throw. Now, he went on CNN, he's talking about how bad Trump was. So he immediately shot himself to the foot because the people who support Trump now will not support him. And whether people like to admit it or not, many people did support Donald Trump in last elections. So Mike Pence successfully pissed them off, so they're not going to vote for him if somehow he does get the nominee. And this is during an interview where he was with Tucker Carlson, which this topic came up regarding support of the Ukraine. So we're going to pay that little bit right here. You are, distra you. You are distressed notice. that the Ukrainians don't have enough American tanks. Every city in the United States has become much worse over the past three years. Yeah. Just a friendly reminder, we sent them a little bit over a hundred billion dollars in cash as well as equipment. Drive around. There's not one city that's gotten better in the United States. And it's visible. Our economy has degraded. The suicide rate has jumped. Public filth and disorder and crime have exponentially increased. And yet your concern is that the Ukrainians, a country most people can't find on a map, who've received tens of billions of U.S. tax dollars, don't have enough tanks. That would be a fun social experiment and clickbait. If anyone is by a college campus or anywhere in general, just go on the street and show them a map. Be like, can you point to that country for me? Like if they have like the Ukraine pin on the, the lapel or on, or they have their flag on their front lawn, which ironically the same people usually don't have American flags, but just go up to them and be like, hey, show your support. We'll donate a dollar or you know, some silly amount of money. If you can point them on a map and they'll probably sweat or no, they'll immediately just break down into childish gibberish saying you're a Trumper or some pejorative term, which usually happens when you try to have an intellectual conversation with someone lower on the evolutionary scale. I think it's a fair question to ask, like, where's the concern for the United States in that? Well, it's not my concern. <laughs> Tucker, I've heard that... Political suicide. ...that routine from you before, but that's not my concern. I'm running for president of the United States because I think this country's in a lot of trouble. I think Joe Biden has weakened America at home and abroad. That sounds... If I ever heard a copy-paste response, or it's... Kind of a typical thing with politicians, you don't pay attention to the question, you just read the pre-scripted junk that some some analyst told you to say because it'll hit the highest number of people who agree with you. He's not really addressing that question right now. And as president of the United States, we're going to restore law and order in our cities, we're going to secure our border, we're going to get this economy moving again, and we're going to make sure that we have men and women on our courts at every level that will stand for the right to life and defend all the God-given liberties enshrined in our Constitution. Anybody that says that we can't be the leader of the free world and solve our problems at home has a pretty small view of the greatest nation on earth. We can do both. <laughs> Emotional rhetoric of the wazoo, which every politician does to one extent or another. And he's trying to say that we can do it all, which is a great emotional rhetorical thing to say, but also not very logical since everyone has finite resources, whether it's literally dollars in your wallet, your time in the day, the U.S. deficit someday will break us. I think it's $31 trillion in debt. Time shall tell us that. That throws a monkey wrench in everything, but... He didn't even address the main issue of 
Tucker's saying, hey, you're giving this other country, we're giving them all these resources, what are you doing locally? Now, again, I'm not a political analyst, or I'm not a political guru or a politician by any means it's necessary. I have more than three brain cells. But it's one of those instances where Pence probably should have said something of probably not probably addressing the main issue of, oh yeah, we're sending Ukraine tanks, all these things. U.S. also said when Russia was rumored that they were using cluster bombs against Ukraine, U.S. hinted that it would be a war crime, and if we confirmed it, we'd do some something a little bit war. We would, you know, increase our efforts or increase our force against Russia. And it's a couple of days ago, Biden just signed off on sending cluster bombs to Ukraine to use against the Russians and subsequently to civilians because cluster bombs, by its very nature, are indiscriminate. So. I don't know what Mike Pence is thinking. His odds of becoming the U.S. The odds of him getting the nominee are pretty damn slim. And I don't see how this increases those odds by any means necessary. And maybe he's going to try to come back from this in a day or two or come out with a statement or something. But time just to hell to see what goes on from here. But yeah, I would say the outlook on the Magic 8 ball for Mike Pence is outlook not so good. Now, going on to the business blunder of the day, we have Canada recalling six energy drinks. Because they're not as tough as Americans, they can't handle that caffeine. Now, specifically, this is a recall for a violation of labeling around caffeine with the brands known as Prime, 5-Hour Energy, Celius, 3D Alpha Land, Sting, and what was the other one? I guess 3D Alpha Land is two. These names are C- minus for marketing in terms of memorability. Now, Canada sets a legal limit on the caffeine and energy drinks of about 180 milligrams in a single serving can. That's it? It's like they don't have anything to do over in Canada. Well, what do they do? I guess capture mooses and harvest maple syrup and hockey. Clearly they don't have enough to do, but it's one of those things only 180 milligrams of prime energy, which is trending thanks to Logan Paul, who's, I believe, a co-owner with, a, I forget the actual manufacturing company behind it. He's the YouTube star, and it's, oh, yeah, the manufacturer knows KSI, which, D-plus for marketing. It's a name. I don't know who's going to remember that. Now, that contains 200 milligrams per a 12-ounce can, which people sometimes criticize is six times as much as regular Coca-Cola, which, I don't know anyone who drinks that. So obviously, I know, math scores that are all-time low in the United States, so I'll help everyone out in case there's some new people on the channel. Not you, the OGs, the originals. I know you guys are perfect, but the United States, we need some help in the education department. So 200 milligrams is greater, also known as bigger, than 180 milligrams of caffeine. Thereby, the prime energy would be banned. Now, it looks like Logan Paul addressed the Canadian recall, claiming that the crazed that they didn't even distribute prime energy in Canada. So any prime, any energy drinks that were there were there because they were illegally or unauthorized imports. And he claims that they are, quote, compliant with every specific country's regulatory bodies, which, B+, plus. that's the politician answer if you distribute an energy drink. Kind of copy-paste from his manager, I'm sure. And also interesting enough, 5-Hour Energy, they also claim that they don't deliver that specific product to Canada so it must be illegal imports, which in terms of illegal imports, it would have to be the most hilarious and pathetic thing to brag about 
at like a underground bad guy place. Like, oh yeah, this guy this guy imports you know hardcore drugs. This guy imports you know you know illegal substances, or illegal goods. They they they're importing. Uh, well, I was gonna say guns, but this is America. It's the Second Amendment. That shouldn't be an issue. But they're importing all these different things. And then you, you turn over to the guy over there. Goes, I'm importing five hour energy. I don't know why he has that accent or lack of accent, but he sounds like that in this scenario. But yeah, how embarrassing would that be? Oh, yeah, I, I import five hour energy illegally to Canada. I'd be like the opposite of a humble, the opposite of a brag. I almost like a sad, you almost feel bad for the guy. Like, that's what you're doing for a living? Like, come on, importing five hour, like, I don't even care how much profit you make. That just sounds silly. But it's interesting to see these companies, either they're not controlling the supply chain enough. They're not evaluating the rules enough. It'll be interesting to see who's really at fault. And if this is just a unknown third party, um, unconnected distributor, in which case I would think there'd be no legal ramifications for these companies. But either way, when it comes to your intellectual, well, I was gonna say intellectual property, it's your brand. You see the logos on a can, it's all the ingredients. You really have to be careful about the whole supply chain, the ecosystem. Perhaps they need to evaluate the distributors more with a little more scrutiny, but Again, to have some of your major products banned in a country and now have this negative press, uh, that's going to be the business blunder of the day. Thank you, everyone, for taking the time to tune in today. We're trying to get to 3,000 subscribers by the end of July, so if you click that button, I would greatly appreciate it. Also, don't forget to take the time to like and comment. Your feedback is also greatly appreciated. It's how we make the show better and better. Also, and lastly, don't forget to tell your family, tell your friends, tell your coworkers, heck, tell your enemies, tell anyone and everyone. Just stay safe and fight the good fight.